Welcome to the Socially Unfiltered Podcast, where we'll be taking you along for our deep dives and doom scrolls through social media, entrepreneurship, and pop culture. We're your hosts, Lex and Veronica, and together we're looking at everything through an unfiltered lens on the things that shape our everyday lives and society. So grab a drink and get ready to explore the uncharted territories of online trends, share candid conversations, and uncover the stories behind the headlines. This is the Socially Unfiltered Podcast. Hi, everybody. (laughs) Hey, y'all. Again, um, we're in person. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. So I'm in Charleston visiting Lex. Mm -hmm. You probably have seen our stories, though, at this point, so it's not like a surprise. But maybe if you don't follow us on Instagram, which you probably should, Socially Unfiltered Pod, (laughs) you would know. (laughs) You'd be in the know. You'd be the first to know. So we're very excited. And today we're going to talk about some strategy for small businesses or just businesses in general on social media. Nice timing with the new year coming up to start implementing some new things, maybe taking your strategy a little bit more seriously because I feel like everybody, you always see it in people's posts, like you need a strategy, you need a strategy. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Yeah. No one ever tells you what it is or like how to create a strategy. And we'll talk about like the differences too of like a social media strategy versus your business strategy versus a content strategy because mm-hmm. a content strategy is not the same thing as your social media strategy. So yes. that say that right off the bat, but <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. How do you create a social media strategy as a business? I think first and foremost, like you need business goals mm-hmm. before you dive into social media and I think both of us have calls with people who are like don't have branding don't have gold don't know like what they're trying to hit what numbers they want to see or like yeah what's the purpose (laughs) of them even being on social media but they want a social media strategy and I'm like but we don't have a strategy for your entire business yet yeah so I think it's important first to actually have your business's goals because they're going to go hand in hand with social media because that's what social media is going to help you achieve. So if you don't know your goals, sit down and like write down three goals for your business this year or next year for on social media, just your business in general. Mm -hmm. And next week we actually talk about some goals that we have for business. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, what do you think? I feel like having business goals like go hand in hand with social media goals is where you should start ideally. Yeah. I look at it kind of like a tier list. Mm -hmm. Like you need to start, well, I guess almost like a pyramid and like at the bottom, the biggest one is your business goals and your business strategy. And then it goes up to your social media strategy and then it goes up to your content strategy. Like you can't really go to one without the other and you have to kind of go in order with that. Um, so I think like business goals in general, and we talk about the, we talk about this a little bit more next week's episode with like reverse engineering your goals. So like sit down and I know we always joke, it's like, oh, 10,000 followers is kind of like the main goal that people always have. And it's like, that can be your goal, but you have to, why? And also go backwards. Like, what are you going to do to get there? And what do those 10,000 followers do for your business as a whole? Like you have to kind of look at it again through the business strategy lens and then go up to social media and then like narrow in on 
yeah. your actual content. People jump right to content because they're like, I just need, I need to, to be on social media. I need to post. Mm-hmm. And then nothing is happening. And you're like, I had a call recently with someone where I was like, what are some of your business goals? And like, what are some of your goals on social media? And they're like, we really don't know. Like, we were hoping like you would tell us. And I'm like, well, I don't know. I have actually no idea. <laughs> like, I'm not your business. Right. So, I mean, like anything in life, you should set realistic objectives for yourself or goals, whatever you want to call them. But that's where it all has to start because how are we going to work towards something when we don't know what the final result of it being is? Mm-hmm. Or you don't like, even know what you're working towards. You just Yeah. Or even as a social media manager, I remember in the beginning, I never really asked people what the goals were because mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, they just need social media, like right. awareness. Like I always just assumed what a goal was and you can't ever do that. Right. But I assumed that like, oh, just build brand awareness and engagement. And while we do do that and that – I feel like is a common goal across different businesses. Like I just would present things to them and then in the end find out that wasn't really what they were Mm -hmm. even looking for because we never actually established those goals. So like whatever I'm measuring on my end might not be what they were measuring on their end. And it just gets like, it's like, why are we paying you when that's not really what the goal was? And I'm like, well, we never talked about the goal. Mm -hmm. So I don't know, even as a social media manager, I feel like you need to, really hone in on like what the client wants mm-hmm. and if you're able to even provide that result for them mm-hmm. yeah I like the pyramid and like the lens I think you've mentioned like looking at things in a different lens before it's like my I favorite like, metaphor for things is like think about putting Visual. different glasses on mm-hmm. like because I say it all the time with content too and we can kind of go into this because it fits in with it maybe a little bit later like you always hear people say content pillars are educational, promotional, inspirational, and it's not. It's you can take the same idea for a piece of content and think about like having it literally written down on a piece of paper. You're putting on your educational glasses and you're looking at this content idea and you're seeing it presented as an educational piece of content. Same thing with your promotional, like take that same idea and how can you turn it promotional? Because that's something else too, is I feel like people are like, well, I'm going to run out of ideas for 365 days of social media content. And it's like, it's not, you really only need like a couple solid content pillars that again, are not educational, promotional. They're things that are very important to you, things that you want to be talking a lot about on social media. And you literally have to think about looking at them with different glasses on, like through a different lens. But yeah, I mean, it's definitely... It's a lot. Like it was, like you said, in the beginning, like I don't think I asked anybody what a goal was on social media because even in the beginning, I I thought a strategy literally was like content pillars, how many times I'm posting. Yeah. Which is your content strategy. Right. But but not not your social media. Yeah. But I thought they were the same thing. Like when I was first starting, I had no idea the difference. Like I didn't really create social media strategies. It was just like, we're going to post this many times a week. <laughs> yeah. This is the kind of content we're going to get. And we just went with it. But, like, that's how you learn. But I, it's because I saw so much content that's like, you need a strategy. You need yeah. a strategy. And it was so surface level. And no one actually told you what you need. And I don't know if it's, like, people are afraid to be wrong or, like, everyone's strategy is going to be different. Mm-hmm. So they didn't want to, like, maybe speak on that because – I had a someone on a call ask me that too. They're like, "Well, how is your how is our strategy going to be different than someone else's?" Or like, "Do you use the same methods?" And it's like, "Yeah, it's the same foundation of like setting a strategy, yeah. but you can't say the same thing for this 
like different businesses. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, it's going to be custom to you. But because even like we in a way have some clients that are like in the same industry and like what you do for them is way different than what I do for mine. You know what I mean? So just because it's the same industry, your core values essentially translate over to your content pillars. And that's where it becomes different. Like your core values are different for every business. Like a gyms might be that we want to help people transform themselves. We want to help people feel better about themselves. There might be another gym that's like, we just want everyone to feel included in a gym space. You know what I mean? And like, there's two very different ways to approach that. One of them is making it seem like this might be for a little bit more higher level athletes and one might be like beginner level or even like hair salons. That's something that we both like dabble in kind of, I mean, you way more than me, but like, what is your core value? Like is your core value that you specialize in something or that you want every client that walks out of your doors to feel a certain way? Like where does your drive come from? And that's why I think it's very important to start with the business strategy because once you figure out a lot of that stuff, it translate translates over into your content. Yeah. It makes your social media strategy that much easier because a lot of it does play into mm-hmm. social media. Like the next thing would be like your target audience and like yeah. setting up your personas. And I feel like when you're starting a business, like you do have to think about that too. Mm-hmm. Like who are you creating this business for? Right. So I feel like that goes into your social media strategy too. Like if you already know your target audience, great. And when I say like when you already know your target audience, I think a lot of people have this wrong in a way where they're like, okay, my target audience is female, 25. She likes to work out. She eats healthy and she takes runs on the weekend and loves her dog. Like that is so surface level when you actually look at what your target audience should be and their personas like you need to know every habit every decision of this person that you're trying to target like what problem do they have yes how can you solve it what are their needs what are their wants what are like yes it's important to know what they do on the weekends but it's not just she's 25 and loves health and fitness like it's more so their actions and their habits and their behaviors and their not to make it all about like buying and making sales, but like you do need to know the way that they shop and the way that they justify certain things. Like I know we've talked about this before. Like I will abandon a cart if it charges me for shipping, but I will gladly pay like $5 more per item if it means that my shipping is going to be free. So it's like that to me, I mean, again, that's just like one of a million different like buyer types that you can have, but that's something you need to know. Like, does your person consider charging for shipping an extra purchase or do they just not even think twice about it? Like, that's just a price that you pay for it. Yeah. What frustrates them about Mm -hmm. your industry? Like, what are, I guess, their desires too? Like, their frustrations and their desires of, like, things they want in their life, not just, like, from using your product. Mm -hmm. I think it's so important to just get to know this person before you just start pushing out content to them. Like with one of my clients, we have four different personas and they're all like very different people because that's who her audience is. And she's like done the research beforehand. And then we did it together too, to like really hone in on like, yes, these are your core people because the amount of events she does, like they're just so different and she does permanent jewelry. So like it's for 
anyone, but mm-hmm. you can't just say it's for anyone and right. everyone. Like we're honing on four different people, like the traveler, the adventure seeker. Mm-hmm. But then there's like the corporate person who's throwing this party and they're like adding permanent jewelry in and they're getting all these different mm-hmm. demographics in there. And then there is like a mom and a daughter where it's I was just, just gonna like, say like a couple, a like couple. there might be a girl yes. that's like looking for yeah. a Valentine's Day gift yeah. or something. Like there's, there's so, so many different yeah, people, but yeah. Even just studying, like, on the website, like, who's buying things from her? Who's mm-hmm. abandoning the car? And why are they doing that? Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's more than just your one person. Because mm-hmm. I think it's either everyone or it's one person. Literally, what's happening? <laughs> what was that? What did you say? I don't know. What? I didn't say balloon. Celebrate. Excited. If you're watching, you see that <laughs> just popped up on. We keep getting these like random animations on Riverside and we don't know what makes them happen. It's like triggered by a word, but we haven't quite figured out what and words like, trigger them. Yeah. Balloons? I don't know. But yeah, I think people sometimes think of their audience of being like, I sell to everyone or like I only sell to this one person and yeah. that's not true. But I mean, I'm sure a lot, maybe not everybody, I shouldn't word it that way, but a lot of people have heard like if you're talking to everybody you're talking to nobody mm-hmm. and that was kind of like a big roadblock to get over in the beginning of not only my business but also like helping other businesses because I'm like well why would we not want to appeal to all of these other people and it's yeah. it kind of goes back to the actions that we take to attract certain types of clients Like if we're just putting content out there that's like, I help everybody. It doesn't matter what small business you have. We are attracting a wide array of people that aren't necessarily right for us. And it's little things that you kind of take into consideration. Like exactly like you said, you're talking to different personas. Like I know when I first started my business, I was a little bit, or when I first started my Instagram, I should say, I was a little more reserved in being myself whereas now I'm like dropping f-bombs and like sharing what show I'm binge watching and like those things have started to attract the right people like I've had people respond to a story and be like this is my favorite song ever I didn't know anyone else knew it I think I've even said that on here before but like little things like that start to kind of get you closer to the people that you want to be attracting so it's not so much like that you need to I don't want to say go super in depth with it because you do, but it's little things like think about how you're speaking. Think about the words that you're saying, the type of people that you're going to be attracting because that also comes down to your branding too, like your branding and your tone of voice and your, I mean, values, your mission. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it's, I mean, you have to be consistent with your actual like physical or visual branding too. Like what it looks like, your colors, your fonts, like that's huge. Mm -hmm. It's like a very big break of trust if you're looking through some, and the holidays are honestly a perfect example of this. The amount of people that are just posting like a Canva template, red and green Christmas graphic, and there's nothing wrong with that. But it's like, if the rest of your branding is like hot pink and neon blue, and you're randomly throwing up this like red and green Christmas thing, like I don't necessarily want to say that that breaks trust, but it does look yeah. a little off. People aren't going to associate that as your brand. Yeah, like when you see Nike, you know it's Nike. When you see Adidas, you know it's Adidas. Like yeah. you know because they're so consistent in their branding. Mm-hmm. And 
It's funny. Did you see Dunkin' Donuts is like rebranding to just Dunkin'? They have already, right? Yeah. Only some locations though. Like there's some where it's still Dunkin' Donuts because obviously you can't do all like however many they have at the same time, but they're like slowly doing it. But like you still know that's Dunkin' Donuts. No, they still have the Dunkin' Donuts sign, but all of their cups and everything only say Dunkin'. So it's like you can see them starting to roll it out. They may just not have gotten to like the signage yet. But yeah, I mean, even that is a little bit of a side note. Like, I feel like Dunkin' has become a coffee place more than anything. Like, not a lot of people are, like, seeking it out to go get donuts specifically. So it is kind of smart of them to take Mm -hmm. the donuts out because that kind of sounds like that's what they specialize in. And it can still be what you specialize in, but I know it's probably rare that somebody doesn't know what Dunkin' Donuts is, but, like, let's say they didn't and they're driving down the street and they say Dunkin' Donuts, they'll be like, oh, that's a donut shop. Like might have coffee there but they might not and that's goes with their tagline too which is like america runs on duncan Mm -hmm. it's signifying their coffee so i just feel like they're taking into consideration the people who are using their business and being like okay clearly more people come here for coffee than donuts so yeah i did i've seen it on their like cups and stuff Mm -hmm. and knew they were doing it but there's a lot here that still have like the full yeah, it's not too late even if you're a big brand oh, yeah, like you no, can, can always do it. it obviously it's gonna be more expensive but oh, yeah having the branding and just having a clear tone of voice and messaging in your content where like sometimes I see brands and one second they're like swearing in their content and like using slang and then the next they're like so proper and like corporate and I'm like it just seems like you have multiple people that are like not on the same page. Mm-hmm. So it's important to have that, like your own signature tone of voice. Like you don't need to copy anybody else. Just no. be who you are. Cause that's what people will resonate with. And you will attract the people that mm-hmm. love your brand for that. Like there's so many accounts I follow because I'm like, I just love their messaging or their brand of voice. Mm-hmm. Camera just turned off real quick. Um, yeah, where like there's so many people in that industry, but I follow them because of their values, their mission, and it aligns with like my life. So I think even doing it that way, you will see who your target audience is. If you like don't know yet, you don't know how to go about like doing the research for that. But like this could be a whole other topic of doing your like target audience research, market research, but asking people to just jump on a call with you and you'll give them like a free gift card to your store or like a service with you. Like I know I did that when I was kind of pivoting and trying to see who my ideal clients were like way earlier in this year, I was doing a lot of market research. I was doing like this course and I was like, you know what? I don't feel really aligned with like the people I'm kind of working with. And so I did a lot of market research. I went on like 20 calls, I think with business owners that I think would be in my target audience. Like I was looking at like, I don't know, beauty brands and like women owned businesses that were maybe a little bit more established and like leaning away from the small business side of it. Cause I started with small businesses. Yeah. So something like that, where you're just writing down who do you want to be buying your product or service? Who do you want to be working with? What type of people would want to be purchasing that and writing that down and then literally sending them a message. Like, Find those people, Instagram, Facebook, you can look on Reddit, you can look at LinkedIn, like wherever and offer an incentive. I think that's the best way. Some people might just do it for free just to help you. But like, I was like, I'll give you like a free social media, like 
call for like 15, 30 minutes. Ask me whatever. In our industry specifically, maybe just be like, feel free to ask me anything also, like while we're on this call, like get a couple of your questions answered. I wanted to say too, like you can network so much doing that too. Like I I have people that still talk to me from those calls Mm -hmm. and like have like actually invested into a consulting call. Yeah. They might turn into clients. I realized a lot of them were not ideal clients actually. So that could be something you realize too. Like not only realizing who's for you, but who's wrong for you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I was wrong about that. Or you were right about that. And just taking that data and applying it to make sense for your strategy. Like, okay, I was right about this person. Like they're definitely in my target audience or yeah. that you weren't and why you weren't, they weren't right for you. I think is important too. Yeah. Um, what I was going to say is kind of going back to the whole like tone of voice thing and who you're talking to and who you're promoting your products to is like, what you said kind of switching back and forth between the more lax tone of voice and the more corporate tone of voice is I feel like I personally have seen a lot of examples of this when it comes to people promoting their products specifically, like in their regular content, they're super like lax and carefree and having fun and swearing and being themselves. And then they post, I have open client spots are you ready to level up your social yeah. <laughs> media in 2024? Like very corporate and very sh- like not necessarily structured, but a little bit less of themselves and who they are in the rest of their content. And something that's huge that you can do is carry that into your promotional stuff. Like mm-hmm. me, I'm on there like I hate promotional shit. Oh yeah. Like, like you gotta be yourself. You gotta make it as fun as you mm-hmm. possibly can. Yeah. People ain't gonna buy when it's like, Bye now. Bye now. Link in bio to inquire, which there's really nothing wrong with saying that. It's kind of just like a common CCA. But like, yeah, it's I see that switch a lot when it comes to people starting to promote their services or their products, whereas the rest of their content that's like for awareness is very fun and carefree and blah, blah, blah. But like, no, you have to carry that into your promotional stuff too. And, you know, if you're somebody who swears, be on there and be like, we're going to fuck shit up in 2024. That will attract the person that wants to fuck shit up in 2024. (laughs) Yeah. No, for real. If you're going to choose any content to be like yourself, it's got to be your promotional. It should be promotional. For sure. A thousand percent. I agree. Yeah. So definitely getting to know your target audience, obviously staying consistent with your branding. What are some other things that you kind of go into when you're creating a strategy for a business? Like I know a pretty common one is like a SWAT. Like competitor looking, analysis, yeah. like SWOT analysis. Yeah, because yeah, it's – and I think a, a lot of the time when we say competitor analysis, people are like, oh, I need to look at what other businesses are doing so I can copy them. And that's not what it means at all. That's why I wanted to bring it up because I'm like, I yeah. feel like people hear competitor analysis. Like, oh, they're, they're doing like, so good. They're doing like this content, so I want to be doing that. this content. And it's like they could have different audiences, yeah. different demographics, different mission, different values. Like just because it worked for them does not mean it's going to work for you. I think it's good to see like, okay, what are they doing like really great? What are they not doing really great? What could they improve on? Where are they like leveraging the market? Yeah. Like just taking notes so then you can apply it towards your own strategy, but like never mimicking or copying no. what someone else is doing. It doesn't matter if you're in the same industry. Like just because it works for them does not mean it will. Well, and it's you. very obvious too when, like, let's go with a makeup brand, for example. It's very obvious when 
they go to Max Instagram, they go to Rare Beauty's Instagram, they go and they pick the ones that perform the best on there and try to recreate yeah. it. So you're almost taking like five different people's strategy yeah. and mushing it into one and thinking it'll work for you because you're just taking the strengths from everybody else. Whereas really what you should be looking at is I don't necessarily want to say where are they falling short, but like what gap are they not filling that you could fill? Like what is going to set you apart Mm -hmm. from these different brands? And it is a little bit of looking at like what's working for them. And that again, doesn't mean copying it. Yeah, It's more so just seeing what works for them and maybe helping to guide you in the right direction. But never copying it yeah. ever like going through who's following that brand mm-hmm. who's commenting on that brand and like interacting with those people and commenting on their stuff mm-hmm. because clearly you're in the same like industry yeah. and they like this product or service so interacting with those people might draw them to your account like oh i like this same makeup like whatever makeup yeah. it is like oh i like that brand you're doing something similar how are you guys different so i think I agree. Like just because there's already a Mac, there's already like a rare beauty. Like Mm -hmm. if you're going to just replicate them, why should people follow you? Like they already follow those people. Mm -hmm. So just whatever is going to make you stand out. And like, it's hard. Like, yeah, in some industries, your content will be similar and like it will, sometimes you'll do the same trends. Sometimes you'll have the same products and like, I'm sure there's a lot of products that have like same ingredients and whatever, but like, what is it about that brand that makes you yeah. feel something versus the other one? Like, why like, are we attached to a certain brand? You know, everybody's like, well, there's Mac, there's this, we don't need another makeup brand. But I remember in the beginning, her stuff being very like shade inclusive. Like that was her main target was like, there are black women out there who cannot walk into a CVS or a Walgreens and just find a shade that matches them. And that was her whole mission and drive in the beginning was to get as many shade ranges as possible. So it's like, no, we don't need another Mac. We need Fenty. We need somebody who's making this one of their values. And that, again, just kind of goes back to figuring out what your target is, what your core values are, what your vision is for your company and your business and your products. Because it's not the same. I mean, look at us. We literally do the exact same thing. And it's like, we're not sitting here either A, copying each other's content or B, even making the same type of, well, <laughs> I'm not making any content right now, but like not making any content. Like it, if it was, and like, I, I don't know. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Like, it's not like we are doing the same thing, even though we work in the same industry. So I feel like we are just like a prime example of that. No one is you and that is what is unique about you. So Mm -hmm. leveraging that in this year, next year, like everyone's sick of just being sold to and just hearing the same thing over and over. So yeah, I think just see what your competitors are doing. Don't focus on it too much. Just see what they're doing that's working, Mm -hmm. what, where that gap is that maybe you could fill, how you can be different than them and I don't know, check back in every like few months or so and be mm-hmm. like, how do I compare to this person? And like, what are we doing that's unique in this market? Yeah. But don't focus so much on it where like you're in competition or that you're copying them. Um, right. But I think another thing would be performing a social media audit on your own page. Mm-hmm. So 
more so a lot of people look at other people's pages and they're comparing and they're, you know, doing their competitor analysis, but look at your own page, like do an audit of your profile. Like Mm -hmm. what is providing you the most engagement? What is providing people with the most like educational tips or like what are people responding the most? What has started the most conversations for you? What are people like looking at and say like you made a post and it's like, I don't know, let's say it's tips just because we're on makeup, like how to get your makeup to stop pilling. Mm -hmm. And like you have so much engagement on that. People are sharing it like crazy. It's going around. It's getting reposted. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, now you realize your content about tips to help people with these problems they're struggling with. Like, I know I struggle with that. Like, Mm -hmm. how do I get my skincare to stop pilling or like my makeup to stop pilling? Mm -hmm. If you post about that and you see that it's getting all this traction and people are resharing and they're like, oh my God, I needed this in my life. Like create a series, like start a series on tips for your makeup or like what should go before your foundation, how to set your prime, like all these tips that clearly that target audience is looking for Mm -hmm. to perfect their routine for like a daily makeup look or whatever it may be mm-hmm. like start a series of that and that could be something that you incorporate into your strategy like we'll get into like the actual creating of content part but yeah, yeah I think just auditing your own profile seeing mm-hmm. what people are responding to what's working are your bio like is your bio updated are your highlights mm-hmm. like what they should be like there should be an about you there should be no, your hours no, like, no. for oh, myself <laughs> Businesses like nope. This isn't about us. <laughs> it's about you. <laughs> but yeah, just making sure like everything is updated for SEO purposes. Like your name is correct. Mm-hmm. You have the information about like what you do, who you help. Maybe something that makes you stand out in the industry you can include in your bio. Like make sure your links are all up to date and. Mm-hmm website's able to be clicked on because so much of the time sometimes I go to people's link in bio and it takes me to like an error page yeah, or like, I'm like, uh... something. And like you need to make sure all of that is updated do an mm-hmm. audit every couple months on your page and be like okay is this still what's making sense for my audience does this still make sense in the market like mm-hmm. I think it's just important to audit yourself as much as you do other people yes because kind of looking back through and what worked and what didn't work the same way you would look at it for a competitor analysis, look at it for yourself. And I know that may not apply to everybody because you might not have had a current social media presence to go off. So you might be starting from scratch. And I don't want to say in the beginning, starting it from scratch is kind of just like trying things and seeing what works, but like you do need to allow yourself that grace period to figure out what you enjoy creating and what you don't enjoy creating. Cause I know I've said this on here before. I don't really love the question when people are like, what kind of content do you want to see from me to your audience? Like it seems like it would be that easy, but it's not because what if you have attracted this entire audience that actually isn't your target audience and they're like, well, we want to see this type of content. And then you start pumping out a bunch of content that they asked for and it's, not doing anything for you. You know what I mean? So I just don't always love the whole like asking your audience what type of content they want to see from you. Your own self and see what content you've put out is working for you, not Mm -hmm. what other people want to see because everyone has their opinions. Everyone. And like, 
I think it's fine to be like, what kind of like products do you want to see come out? Or yeah, like, what sure. are you struggling with? Because that goes into like market research too. You can post on your stories, very specific questions. And if people don't want to like do a call with you, maybe have them answer the polls. Yeah. Have people always answer polls. Like I know when I'm swiping through, like I'll always respond to a poll. Mm -hmm. So if you're getting their attention long enough for them to want to respond on your story of like what they're struggling with. Yeah would this product like be better for you if you were struggling with X or like, would you prefer to pay this much or this much for this kind of product? Yeah. Like just any questions that have to do with helping you build your target audience and your personas and with your strategy, like just put them up on your story. If you're not mm -hmm. one that wants to do a call. I mean, I think it's like a little better because it's more personable to do a call for with sure. them and just really figure out what like their frustrations are, their beliefs, like who they follow. Um, I think that's another thing, like finding out who people follow or like what mm -hmm. brands they're interacting with will help a ton because you can see like, how do they differ from you? What can you do better than yeah. that brand that they're following? So yeah, I think auditing yourself is important mm -hmm. just as much as like competitor analysis for sure. For sure. And that kind of brought us through like the whole, you know, we talked at first about your brand goals and kind of who you're speaking to and then moved into the social media side of things as a whole where it's like okay well what platforms am I going to be on what is realistic for us to keep up with but going a little bit more into like content strategy like this is my shit I love content strategy yeah. like it's my favorite like looking at again not only what platforms you're going to be on but there's different goals with different pieces of content like your goal with what you're posting on your instagram story is very different than the goal that you're doing with an instagram reel because each platform is kind of made for a different focus like youtube we know to go there to expect the long form it's usually a little bit more educational or like vlog yeah. style behind the scene but it's usually something that's a little bit longer yeah. tiktok is the platform that you're on it a lot. You're creating a ton of content for it. It's got to be a mix of a bunch of different things. Like is it, is your signature thing going to be you sitting down and talking to the camera or is it going to be you doing trends? And then Pinterest obviously is a little bit more to like drive traffic to like landing pages and stuff. And I mean, I know they have the shop feature now, which I'm not like super familiar with. So I don't know a lot about it. Um, but like Instagram specifically, this is the way that I look at it or the way that I kind of do content strategy for a lot of my clients. We use a mix of reels, regular feed posts, and then stories. Like those are kind of the three main things that we're touching on Instagram. Reels for the most part get a wider reach and they're pushed out to more people that don't follow you. So kind of focus your Instagram reels on being the content that maybe is a little bit more educational about who you or your product are or a little bit more of like this is how you use our product this is how this is the problem that this product will solve your static feed posts are usually going out to the people that follow you so that's more so where you're nurturing the relationship that you have with the people that already follow you so reels are kind of giving you a little bit more reach static regular feed posts not even just static when i say static i just mean like feed posts not reels yeah usually are reaching 
more people who follow you. So that might be a place to start promoting a little bit more. Get, like maybe that's where you post like a, I don't want to say like a secret promotion because obviously it's like on your public Instagram feed, but it's where you're appreciating your people more. Like you obviously can switch them up, but for the most part, that's usually how it goes. And then Instagram stories are more, because you have to kind of look at them like stories disappear after 24 hours. So stories are more so where we're sharing things that we want to continuously be putting in front of people. It might be a little bit more behind the scenes. It's where you're sharing the links. Um, I think one of the best things that you can do is have them all play off of each other. So like on a reel, you might put in the caption, like, go to our highlights, go to our story, and this is where you'll find the link for something, or this is where you'll find like a little bit more information, just kind of having them all play into each other. Yeah. I love doing that. That's my favorite thing. Because mm-hmm. it also makes for creating content so much easier for you. Like mm-hmm. when you're like, okay, I'm posting about X service on my actual feed, like a static post. Mm-hmm. Then on your stories, you can be like, check our stories for more. And on the story, it could be like you talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it's making it a little bit more personable where it's not just a graphic. It's not just like a screenshot of something. It's like, hey, you showed up on your Instagram story and that gives you content ideas. Mm-hmm. So you're not like... Oh, what do I post on my story today? What do I post on my feed today? It's like make them go hand in hand. They can be cohesive. Yeah. Just elaborate a little bit more on your stories and make it more personable. And I think stories is where you kind of show up a little bit more and have a little bit more personality. Like you can post yourself talking. You can do behind the scenes on there because it's quick. And like if you want to post like links, I think that's where the best place to post your right. links is instead of like link in bio because – I know we all do it and there's like there's a time and place you can definitely do that but I think it's hard when people are say I'm like scrolling on Instagram I'm just mindlessly scrolling mm-hmm. I go across the post and it's like link in bio am I gonna stop my scroll mm-hmm. that I was just deep diving into of just like scrolling for two hours on Instagram <laughs> like I'm gonna stop and be like okay let me go to your profile let me mm-hmm. click the link in your bio let me find where that link is and if it's difficult for me to find, like, forget it. I'm done. So on a story, it's much easier. Just link it. I click it. takes me right to it. Mm-hmm. I think if you're going to link anything, it should be on your stories. But again, like, be mindful of how you're doing that. It's not just, like, shop now or, like, right. this is my product. And it's a link to the product. Mm-hmm. Like, that's where you should make it a little bit more personable and tell a story. Right. Linking something. But yeah, I agree with literally all of that. <laughs> I just love Instagram stories. Like Instagram stories, I think are my favorite part of Instagram because I don't want to say like anything goes, but like it's an it's a place for you to. It disappears in twenty four hours. Like maybe you do, yeah. Conversations start because mm-hmm. it's so easy for people to just like respond back to a story and like yeah. it's more one on one conversation. Versus like your static posts. I don't find a lot of people commenting on static posts right. just because it's like it's a public conversation. Like you're not going to really say what you kind of want to say yeah. that you do like a story. Yeah. Or like you can, you know, click the link to shop somewhere on a story. I just, yeah, I agree. I like stories so much more. Mm-hmm. And you can just show more of like your life behind the scenes. Like you don't have to edit anything. You don't have to like yeah. spend time like doing a trend. Like you can just jump on there and be you yeah. and yeah, just chat. Like, it's so easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not like easy in the way where it's 
no effort from you. It's just no, you're still showing up. Yeah, it's so just it's less editing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's less like thinking about it. Yeah. Like just like, like what's going on thing to pop off today? Get on your Instagram story and talk about it. Yeah. Or like, what's your day consist of today? Mm-hmm. I want to know. I don't know what you're doing. Right. right. And it's also good too to kind of go the opposite way too. Like if you are sharing a bunch of things on your Instagram story, like see what people are responding to the most and then turn that topic into a post. Yeah. Like it's, it goes both ways. Like you want to yeah. use your story to promote and kind of play off of the posts that you're making, but also use it to let you know yeah. what people are interested in. Every time that you do your audit, go look in your analytics and see what's going on in your stories, what's going on in your reels, what are people responding to, what do people like to see. Yeah. And your Instagram analytics, like I I feel like sometimes they get, I don't know, like left behind or like not taken as seriously or you're only looking for the green. Like there's very valuable information in your Instagram analytics yeah. from the age the demographic, the location that most of your audience is from, what days and times they're active, how many people you've reached. You can, like, I feel like a lot of people may not know that you can literally go into your Instagram analytics and sort all of your content based off of reach, based off of likes, based off of comments, based off of saves. Like, you can filter it to show you, like, what was my most viewed video this year? What was my most commented on video this year? I've never seen it showing the year, but it does show me like up to 90 days. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know why. Hold on. Mission while we pull up these analytics. Yeah, you can. Hold on. Let me pull it up. It like takes a minute to load because it's like loading so much. I just always use metric pool because it always shows me everything. Yeah, I always go right in here. So you go to settings. Actually, yeah, let's just keep this in. I'll teach you guys how to get to it. Insights. Go to accounts reached. Go to top content. And in the top left, you can click last seven days and go down to last two years, last year, last six months, last three months, last 30 days. So like if I change this to last, the last year. Yeah, and then you can change it to sort by newest, highest, lowest. You can change it to be just posts, just reels, just stories. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of is when you just go like into here, like say I did accounts reached and I- Oh yeah, like you're not, yeah, this is mostly to like see your specific content itself, like how specific content is performing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, looking at, I mean, the last seven days even is super helpful, but change it. I mean, right now at the end of the year is kind of the perfect time. Like change it to the last year and see what did the best. Change it to the last two years and see what did even better the year before. Once you have all these steps, like creating the content and like we already talked about with the pillars, like figure out what type of content you're going to be putting out there and test it. Like, don't just give up after mm-hmm. one one or like two weeks you do content and you're like, oh, this piece of content isn't working. It's like, okay, well, analyze that. Like, mm-hmm. why didn't it work? Was it because you did like a talking head video? Was it a trending video? Like, try different forms of content with mm-hmm. that same topic. 
or with that same idea. Like try a trending sound, try you sitting down, like do lifestyle vlog, like whatever one is going to grasp your audience's attention because different content like will serve a different purpose and what people are wanting to see within like that specific piece of content. I think just trying things out and seeing what like format is going to work for you and just give up on it until you have like at least three months worth of like. What I was going to say is like, I feel like we want to reiterate like, don't try it once try it a lot because three to six months is when you can actually be like okay this isn't working analyze it yeah because you never know consistent too like it's not just you doing it for one week and Mm -hmm. then then doing it again and then you analyze after three to six months and you're like well nothing's working it's like the the consistency also plays a part in high quality content so it's not just like you do it a few times it doesn't work you get frustrated Mm -hmm. and like it sucks because it's a long game. Like, yeah. I, I get it. And, and like, quick perfect, wins, but. Right. Like, a perfect example of this is like, we started watching this movie last night. Phones are listening. So then I start getting pushed TikToks about this movie. And the video that first got pushed to me had like millions of views, hundreds of thousands of likes, but it was a response to a comment from a previous video. So I watched that and I'm like, well, now I need to know what this comment was about. So I go back to the original video. And I'm watching that one. I'm like, oh, this only has like a thousand likes. Not only, but like given the comparison of the one that had hundreds of thousands. And then that was a video that was in response to another comment. So I go back to the original, original video. That video has like 49 likes. So it took this girl posting that first video, somebody commenting, her responding. That got a little bit more traction. Somebody else commented. She responded for a third time. That got a lot more traction. So it's like, again, don't give up just because you try it once and it might not like imagine if that girl had not like she saw that that first video got 49 likes and was like this is a waste of time i'm not doing this again no she responded to a comment that was on there started to gain more traction but that kind of goes back to like the series thing too like it's it's never going to be just like one random well i don't want to say never but it's usually not going to be one random piece of content that like takes off and tells you exactly what you should be making. And another thing with that too is there's a lot of people, like there's one example I'm thinking of very specifically is somebody posts a video and it takes off and then they're like, oh, well now I just need to make a ton of that content. And now they make a ton of that content and it does not perform the way the first one did. But sometimes it's just luck. There's like no strategy behind every viral video. Mm -hmm. Like shock factor is more likely to go viral than your well thought out planned, scripted, blah, blah, blah. Like, like remember there was one girl that I used to show you her content and I'm like, her videos go viral because she is like in the middle of a park, like jumping into a fountain, doing a dance, carrying her ring light around in public. Her videos go viral because of the shock factor of somebody coming across that and being like, this girl's literally like swimming in a pond, like in the middle of a park. Like this is wild. Not because of like the text that was on her screen. That was an annoying situation though, because then she would turn it into be like, I can get my clients to go viral. And it's like, well, are you making them jump in the swimming pool? Yes, because that's how you went viral. So you need to translate that over. But yeah, it's honestly, sometimes it is just luck. Mm-hmm. You know, like I, w- I would and I mean, I still will. But like 
used to make a ton of Canva content on TikTok and every so often just a couple of them would blow up and the other ones would be like a hundred likes. I'm like, I'm still going to do it because I like doing it and clearly it's helpful. But like at the end of the day, I have no reason why those specific ones got way more views than the other. It was just kind of right place at the right time. Yeah. Even like Benny's content. Also, I don't know. My dog's kind of famous. <laughs> Benny's famous. <laughs> With his content, like some things go like super viral where it got to like 6 million, 3 million. And like, it's just like a 10 second video. That's just so simple that I was like, oh, this is funny and cute. Like just posted it. Like I don't have a lot of a strategy. I mean, definitely incorporating a lot of storytelling and like, oh, yeah. there's a lot of storytelling that goes into his content. And also, I just want to say like, there are some industries that are just way more likely to yeah. get that large audience and get those views and get that high engagement like a dog account like it's just because this, this is why people like exploit their children a lawyer account yeah it's very different mm -hmm. and like, babies which yeah, unfold yeah. like i don't love that but yeah it's it's extremely unfortunate but that's why like family vlogger channels go viral so often because they're children like People like inherently just think babies are cute. They think dogs are cute. Like there's, and like with Benny's account too, it's not like you really had to sit down one day and be like, okay, who's our target audience? Like you just kind of dog lovers, and that's it. Yeah, like, honestly, it was not. It's kind of just like a testing yeah. like, account. Like it's just fun for me to see where I can take it and what I can mm -hmm. do with it. And like we've grown in a matter of a year to a hundred and ten thousand at this it's point. Insane crazy but like i don't post everything with the strategy that like this video will go viral mm -hmm. like not a single video did i post and i'm like this will go viral yeah. it just it's happened and i'm like oh wow like that's taking off that's yeah. crazy I'm like yeah it was funny but like like even the ones with him and quincy lately like that's not the first time you've posted about them together but all of a sudden, yeah, all of a sudden, people are, like, invested in this love story. People look at Alex Earl, I know we've said this, too. Like, she posted for years the same yeah. kind of content, for, and then it took, what, like, two, three years for it to actually take off. Mm -hmm. So, like, sometimes just because you don't see something working doesn't mean it's not going to. You just right. need to try a different format. Like, before, with Benny's videos, it was, like, his day in the life video, which they still did good, but not as much focus on, like, him and Quincy yeah like those still performed really well because of him and she was like a part of those but then I made the sole focus in the beginning of the video about mm -hmm. her and that's I think what grasped people's attention yeah. but yeah if I can say anything it's like storytelling and making your own brand voice and your own like little tale and journey that people can follow because mm -hmm. I think it's fun too to make it like the journey of following yeah. him or it's him growing up kind of and yeah there's people that are like isn't it so wild to think about like there are people literally all over the world who are very invested in your dog and it's weird to think about like if you're at a concert like there's more people than an arena that follow yeah him. like That's i just pictured him like on stage with like <laughs> he would thrive can you imagine yeah diving he's a star crowd <laughs> serving <laughs> everyone bring him a snack Petition to bring Benny on tour. No, nope, literally. Imagine. Oh, yeah. Can I be your tour manager? Yes. Thank you. He's going to need a manager soon because 
it's overwhelming. Yeah, it's a lot. But yeah, I think we covered like a lot of what goes. There's so much. Yeah, yeah that we did literally, it. this would have to be like a six-hour-long episode yeah. for us like actually go into everything. Yeah, so much that goes into like just your brand voice alone and like what your mission is going to be mm-hmm. and how you can translate that in your messaging and like hashtag research and it's just a lot. Yeah, like content calendars. That's a whole separate thing too. Like that, and it's funny too because like I like we kind of talked about in the beginning, like the pyramid. Like your content calendar is almost what connects your social media and your content strategy. Like there's little like chains in between each of these levels that kind of like hold everything together that we could spend hours going into. But yeah, I mean, and like even when I'm making a strategy for somebody, like I feel like people think it just like happens very quickly, and it's like it. It takes me like a week just to even like gather all of the information and then like another week to like organize through it and like put it into a cute little presentation. There's a lot that you do. Like getting to know the brand Mm -hmm. is because you're going to embody that brand voice. And it's like the amount of different people I've had to be is like crazy. Like I feel like split. I literally feel schizophrenic sometimes. I'm like, it's kind of alarming to me how well I feel like we can sound like other people. I was sending you screenshots of like one of my clients. Yeah, so. <laughs> talking now is so funny because it's like just very different from how you normally talk. I love hearing that like nobody can tell and yeah. people just compliment me on my social media. And I'm like, yeah. I want them to think it's you because yeah, and that's I've said it before too. I'm like, I let my clients, yeah, I let my clients take all the credit. I'm like, I want your people to think that this is you, like setting aside the time to like sit down and like edit a reel. Like, I want people to think that that's you. I don't want them to see any disconnect between what they experience with you in real life and what they get from you online so i let my clients take the credit (laughs) i don't care if anybody knows that it's me behind there i mean all my clients do recommend me to a lot of people which i'm very thankful for but i like when their audiences don't know yeah that it's anyone different it's like satisfying it's It's very very satisfying (laughs) it's like my job here is done (laughs) but yeah i mean we could go on for literally ever i think if you maybe are listening to this right now and you're like, okay, well, you guys talked about a lot, but you didn't really tell me like exactly where to start. Um, I wish, or I, I wish that maybe we had like an actual template or something to share, but I know stay tuned. stay tuned. We might have one coming, but honestly, even like go to Google and type in what is a social media strategy and like find a list of things and like start there, open a Google doc and be like, what is my branding? Who is my target audience? It might not be as cohesive and, you know, visually appealing as it might be if you have a professional do it for you, but at least it starts you somewhere. Do a template. Maybe we will. Stay tuned. One like and we'll do it. <laughs> One like and we'll full send. Um, but yeah, thanks so much for hanging out with us and talking strategy a little bit. I know it's a little more serious than we normally are, but yeah, stay tuned for some things that are coming that might help you with your strategy. And we'll talk to you in the next episode. I love you so much. Bye.